Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 45 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. I am your host, Paul Marquis, and today we are going to be talking about sources of nerve root compression and or irritation in the lumbar spine, okay? All right, now this is going to be a fun episode. Now, I know you're all thinking I'm crazy because we're talking about the lumbar spine and using fun in the same sentence, but really, once we break this down and make this a little bit easier, it's not going to be so complicated, all right? And once we simplify it, and then you start to learn it, either through these podcasts or uh, practice, mentoring, however you like to do it, as you do it more often, your evaluation skills of the lumbar spine will be become better and better and better and therefore you'll be able to make a more informed decision on how to treat these patients when you see them. So we're going to be doing a fairly lengthy series and I want to make sure that you stick with us till the end of this um, podcast today because I've got some really interesting uh, information for you. We're going to do something really fun here in the next week as far as podcasting goes. So I want you to uh, stay tuned till the end and uh, we're, going to, uh, we're going to give you some great information on uh, what's coming up this week. So let's do this here. Let's do a little visual visualization. We're going to talk about the anatomy. We're just going to kind of review that a little bit. I know we went through it some with the basics of the lumbar spine in the last episode, but let's just visualize this, okay? We're going to just start from the back, okay, from the skin, work our way all the way into the vertebrae. And then in the second half of our show today, we're going to talk about different causes of nerve root compression and or irritation, all right? So think about this. You're looking at the patient's back and you see skin. No big deal, right? Well, it's very important that you take a look at this. Now, oftentimes I can diagnose a patient without even taking their shirt off, but I have them take it off anyway because this is crazy, but I'd seen a patient with uh, shingles one time and they had you know a, a breakout right around that area and had complete, I'm talking about complete loss of quad strength. And so the shingles had affected the L3 nerve root and this gentleman was falling all the time, had zero strength in his leg. We had to put him in a brace to stabilize him. Had we not taken a look at his back, we would have had a difficult time trying to identify this. And um, so just getting an MRI of his back would not have been good enough. So um, make sure you take a look at the skin back there. See if there's anything unusual uh, as far as that goes. Some people will have a big tuft of hair and you might identify that um, they have um, you know, something going on. Just be, just be aware that um, checking out the skin is very important. Okay. And so and the other thing uh, we're going to go through is now we go through the skin, we're going to hit the fat. Uh, the layer of fat can be quite thick. And if all of you who are in the medical profession remember when you went through uh, gross anatomy, uh, you, you it, it's quite thick. I mean, it could be two inches with some folks, two to three inches deep, and it's it increases that distance from the skin to the low back. And it's important that you understand that distance because a lot of people say they can feel something in the low back and they can identify these real intricacies in the spine, but it's quite difficult when you have to get through this layer of fat. The other thing you can identify when palpating this area is uh, identifying lipomas. And lipomas are pretty common with almost everybody, but sometimes they can be very painful painful on some patients. So identifying that um, as a source of pain uh, can help you uh, decide on how you're going to treat your patient. All right. So below the fat, now we're getting into some muscular structure, your rectus spinae. And as you get closer to the spine, you're going to get uh, close to the multifidus muscles, uh, which help to um, control the spine on a more segmental level. 
All right. So now let's talk about the spinous process. That's that little bump you feel when you feel your low back. Um, there's one for each vertebrae as you go up and down your spine. In between each spinous process is a supraspinous ligament. It's good to identify this once in a while. If the patient says they have pain right on the center of their spine, you can identify if they have um, you know, like a supraspinous ligament tear or injury from a hyperflexion type injury or a big twist or something like that. Um, so knowing where that is is important. Now, if you work your way laterally from each side about an inch or so to an inch and a half, depending on the size of the patient, um, you're going to get to your transverse processes, okay? And between the transverse process and the spinous process is the lamina. So it's basically a little bridge there that helps to connect the two. And if... And on top of that lamina is your articular facet. Now, this is an important spot here, okay, because the facet can become arthritic and can cause pain, and we'll talk about that in the uh, later part of this uh, program. Um, but the other thing you need to remember is that the the articular facet helps to support the vertebrae on the posterior side, all right? So if you go from the transverse process to the vertebral body, now that little bridge is called the pedicle. And it's important to know that that pedicle can be sometimes congenitally short on some folks, making the spinal canal much smaller and making it susceptible to having like a central cord stenosis. So the pedicle length is very important. And then anteriorly, if you continue to go through um, past the vertebral uh, opening and uh, you'll get to the vertebral body and between each vertebral body is a disc. Now that disc helps to support the anterior side of the spine. So think about it this way. If the size of the disc decreases, the um, the vertebra become closer together. Okay. If the size of the facet decreases, the backside will start to get closer and then you're going to get some compression there. Okay. So the next thing you need to remember is this vertebral foramen, which is between the vertebral body and the lamina, basically is where your spinal cord goes up and down your spine through the spinal canal. And, um, and then here, this is the really the more important area I want to talk about is the vertebral notch. So the, let's say we're using uh, L4, for example, the inferior vertebral notch produces a semicircle. And then the superior vertebral notch of L5 produces another semicircle. And when you put them together, it produces a full circle. This is where your nerve root comes out away from the spine and down into your extremities. Okay. And this is an area that is very susceptible to nerve root compression and or irritation. So, I know that's a lot of anatomy. I hope you could visualize all that. And it wouldn't be a bad idea to maybe listen to this podcast and have a spine model or a lumbar spine model in your hand and just kind of work your way through that. Okay. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break for a word from our sponsors. We'll be back in a little bit and we're going to talk about five different reasons why people may have nerve root irritation and or compression. And I'm not talking about, you know, hurting yourself by lifting a piece of wood or maybe twisting a little funny or maybe sitting for six hours at a time and then you develop low back pain. That will be in other episodes. We're going to talk about that that real specific area um, in the inferior uh, vertebral notch and uh, talk about nerve root compression. So we're going to take a few seconds here and uh, we'll be back in just a bit. Did you know that over 90% of foot and ankle problems are caused by a tight calf muscle? Introducing the Easy Slant, a durable, adjustable, and portable calf stretching device. 
The Easy Slant was designed to increase stretching compliance and get you back on your feet and feeling better, faster. So if you work with patients seeking to ease or avoid foot pain or clients who want to improve their athletic performance, look no further. Visit easyslant.com to learn more or order yours today. Enter coupon code OEP for a 10% discount on your first Easy Slant. Hello and welcome back to episode 45 of the OrthoValPal podcast. Um, we are talking about nerve root compression and irritation. And thank you so much for, uh, for holding on and, uh, and waiting. Uh, please stay tuned to the end of this program because I'm going to be talking about something really interesting we're going to be doing this week here. So let's talk a little bit about causes of nerve root compression. I know you've all heard of this, okay? You've heard of um, herniated discs, protruded discs, bulging discs, um, the the all infamous air quoted uh, slipped disc, which uh, doesn't really occur. Um, but a herniated disc is really the most common cause of nerve root compression. Um, what happens is this disc will will protrude, extrude, um, and herniate. You know, posteriorly, usually it's off to one side. So that's a very common sign of somebody with a herniated disc is usually radiculopathy down one leg. I have seen some patients, and just because I see so many back pain patients, I have seen several with um, problems on both sides, and those are usually pretty massive herniated discs. Uh, but typically, it's off to one side a little bit more. That nucleus pulposus breaks through and um, physically and mechanically compresses the nerve root in that um, that lateral foramen. And so that can cause some quite a bit of pain, quite a bit of irritation. And, um, you know, when it is all nucleus pulposus, these can sometimes resolve themselves. I remember way back when there was a study that had come out, 11 people um, were in the study. They all had radiculopathy and they had MRIs done. They all showed signs of a herniated disc with nerve root compression. They re-MRI these folks after a year, not doing anything with them. And I can't remember, but I think it was like five or six of them did not show any more signs of a herniated disc. And so they re-MRI'd all 11 after two years to find that only two of them out of the 11 had signs of a herniated disc that was giving nerve root compression. All the other nine did not have any signs of that. So we do know that the body recognizes this this uh, nucleus pulposus as a foreign substance in the area and does its job through the inflammatory process of eating that up and getting rid of it and reabsorbing that tissue. So, um, but if somebody has a, let's say a harder piece of disc fragment that is stuck in that neural foramen, that, that lateral foramen, that can cause some significant nerve damage. All right. When we break down the tissue of the, um, of that nerve root and break through that, uh, that outer layer, we can have some permanent nerve damage. All right. So that is something that can be, um, very worrisome. So what we'll do is in an, in a few episodes here, we're going to be talking about how to treat these herniated disc issues. So that's number one. Herniated discs, one of the most common reasons for nerve root compression. Number two, a hypertrophied facet. So if a facet joint, which is bearing all of your weight, becomes um, inflamed, irritated, arthritic, and starts to develop some spurring, that spur can encroach in that lateral vertebral foramen and cause some direct nerve root compression. And what can happen oftentimes is out of that facet, you can develop a little cyst, just like you would a Baker cyst in the back of your knee or a ganglion cyst on the back of your wrist. You can develop a little cyst near the uh, 
uh, facet joint that causes irritation to the nerve root. So things like back extension activities and exercises or standing up straight and trying to walk can cause some real irritation to those facets and therefore cause inflammation around the nerve and give quite a bit of irritation. The third reason that people get you know, nerve root compression or irritation is inflammation in that area. Okay, so there is a difference between mechanical irritation and chemical irritation. So a herniated disc pushes um, soft tissue structure up against the nerve, and that is physically and mechanically compressing it. Okay, that's a form of mechanical compression. But inflammation, such as when somebody tears uh, the annular rings of a disc, or they might have uh, had an agitated arthritic facet that's causing inflammation in the area, or maybe they've developed some sort of a nerve stretch uh, to the area uh, from you know some accident or injury, and that becomes all inflamed in that lateral vertebral foramen. Um, that irritation, that inflammation causes swelling. That causes irritation to the nerve and can be very painful and mimic something like a, a herniated disc uh, and a significant nerve root compression. These folks respond really well to medication like nonsteroidal anti-inflammatories and even better to steroids if they are a good candidate for taking them. Um, so not all people who have low back pain have to have surgery, okay? A lot of times this is just an inflammatory condition that needs to be settled down and avoid activities that continue to cause that irritation and inflammation, all right? So number four, a decrease in disc height. So if you take your, um, I don't know if you're in a position right now to do this, but if you take your your uh, thumb and index finger and produce an L with each one, one will be backwards obviously, and you put them together, okay, that makes a, a, an opening, okay, basically like that uh, lateral vertebral framing where that nerve root comes out, okay? And if you were to overlap your thumbs and overlap your index fingers, the hole gets smaller, correct? Well, if your disc height um, becomes lessened, which happens pretty much after you're 25 years old, it starts to dry out and it starts to become thinner and lower, then one side will start to overlap, such as your index fingers crossing each other. And then if your facets on the backside start to get a little bit smaller, then the backside encroaches, and then you end up with this nerve root compression because the vertebrae are becoming closer together, all right? So this is something that's quite common, especially with degenerative disc disease. Um, they end up developing spinal stenosis and uh, radiculopathy because of that. So that is another reason why um, people get nerve root uh, impingement. And number five, um, and there are many other reasons why people can get nerve root irritation, but uh, these are some of the most common. And number five, which is a little less common, um, could be, like we talked about earlier, you know, some sort of a viral um, issue going on around that nerve root, such as a herpes zoster infection or something of that source. So um, treating all of these appropriately will, uh, will be super important, and we're going to be talking about that in a future episode. So... You know, identifying the source of nerve root irritation early is very, very important, okay, so that you know how to treat your patient. And uh, we'll talk about, uh, we'll actually interview a neurosurgeon here and talk about, you know, when do we send people to neurosurgery and when do we treat them conservatively? And, um, you know, the great thing about some of the folks that I work with is that they are not all super excited about just cutting people open and doing surgery on them. Um, and that many of these people get better conservatively with uh, conservative management, medication, uh, 
and uh, you know treatment like physical therapy uh, or chiropractic care or any other uh, you know soft tissue modality to involve to to be used there. So um, it's very important though that you identify what the source is. Um, and then uh, at that point, you can uh, treat them better. So what I want you to do is um, I want you to make sure that um, you listen uh, to the next couple episodes because what we are going to do here is we're going to do basically a, um, a five-day podcast superset. And that's going to be starting tomorrow. We're going to do five days, and each day is going to be designated to a different nerve root, starting with L1 and L2, working our way all the way down to S1. We'll be talking about um, you know these individually, each day so that you can help uh, so we can help you identify each level better we'll give you the signs and symptoms of what they look like you know lost sensation weakness we'll talk about which reflex is lost we'll talk about the pain pattern and from experience i'll tell you what these patients present like and look like and which ones are probably a little more important to expedite um to uh have an appointment uh, with a neurosurgeon or to get an mri or whatever it might be but we're going to do a five-day superset series it's going to go every day this week and um, after that fifth day our next episode will be how to treat all of these and so I really these are going to be quick they're going to be easy and uh, I hope you enjoy them because we're really just going to break everything down and just talk about one level at a time each day and I hope you enjoy that and I hope it makes it a little bit easier for you to kind of piece together these nerve root compression problems in the lumbar spine so again thank you so much for listening Uh, make sure you um, you check in at the beginning of this page and um, go to our Get in Touch page and leave your email address. I'll send you uh, this information every day it comes out and that way you're the first to listen to it and um, I hope you enjoy that and we're also going to follow this up with some videos of how to identify each segment of the lumbar spine on our YouTube channel. So just go to OrthoEvalPal with Paul Marquis on YouTube and you'll have access to that. I'm going to leave all these links in the show notes today and uh, again, thank you all so much for listening. Have a great day. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.